Okay. So, um... Welcome to the Pokecast. <laughs> yeah, no, we're probably going to be talking a lot of Pokemon stuff uh, this time. I did watch more uh, Dragon Ball Z... Well, let's see, I watched some Dragon Ball Super and some Dragon Ball Z Kai, but I don't know if there's anything to say about any of it, really. Um, what what part of uh, DBZ are you on? Are you still for, going through Boo? Uh, it's up to... I think I'm up to the part that I've seen the regular episodes of now, because the, they had the, you know, um, Gohan as uh, the Saiyan man. And, um... <laughs> the great Saiyan man. Yeah, yeah, the great Saiyan man, and Videl immediately figuring out who he is. Um, yeah. And, you know, that whole, like, little high school superhero arc thing they did. And then the tournament, where Videl gets beaten up for an uncomfortable amount of time. And yeah. And, um... And then they drain Gohan's powers and fly off, but it's okay because the Kais can just give him his powers back immediately. Um, and then they, yeah, the, it, it, it's up to the part where they, you know, are trying to catch up to uh, Bobbity and uh, his gang and stuff. Do, 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 do. Bobbity. Mm. I'm sorry, that was... Yeah, it's not even the same was, number of syllables as Menomina. Well, the, the, the shut up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and Super, I I wanted to see when Zeno first showed up and how, like, the future Zeno thing happened. So, and, so, like, the, the store in my town that sells, like, anime DVDs, they had volumes 4 and 6. So... I bought both of those. I watched volume four where Zeno first shows up and everyone's terrified of him except for Goku, who doesn't get why you should be terrified of this small child who can destroy universes on a whim. Um, yeah. And then Goku. and then volume six has the end of the Zamasu uh, arc thing where he calls future Zeno in. To just annihilate that entire timeline from existence, um, as he do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the multiverse of the Dragon Ball universe isn't really confusing. You know, it's it's twelve universes, formerly eighteen, but the the six that got destroyed before we even found out about the multiverse are probably never coming back. So it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> But yeah, there's twelve distinct universes, and that's it. There's, you know, but then like branching timelines and that kind of multiverse also exist, and that that thing is more confusing because there's just like branching timelines within universes. But then like Zamasu is from Universe Ten, but he <laughs> bounced over to Universe Seven. Except then Beerus killed him, but he didn't kill the other two versions of him from the other two timelines. There's the one that swapped bodies with Goku, and there's the other one who is his teammate. Yeah, they, they put um, different timelines and different universes in the same story. Yeah. And it... it yeah, if so you're it's not like, paying really close attention, um, So I guess timelines supersede lost. universes... Like, the universes are all... It's just, like, one big universe, but it's 
split up into multiple universes. But then there's also timelines that go across both of those, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, the staying consistent with the timeline is not the point of Dragon Ball. That's just yeah. like a, a writing crutch, basically. To, uh, yeah, it's, to... it's because they're doing a Terminator Dark Future thing. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, because Trunks was so popular, yeah, they brought him back again and had another threat fucking up his future after, you know, he's finally saved it from the androids. Because... Yeah, Trunks' future is just misery. Nobody gets a happy ending ever. Yeah, not not in the Trunks' future. No. They don't have like Dragon even... Balls, so that they can't you know, just cheat their way to a happy ending like everybody else does. Even in the main timeline, like everybody dies like eight times over the course of the series. But well, they yeah, just... but they always come back, so it's fine. Just th- think of like the existential horror, though, mm. <laughs> of like... You could die in the blink of an eye at any given time. Yeah, but at least, you know, they, they always have gimmicks to come back, unlike the Dark Trunks future where it's like, oh, Bulma got choked to death. I guess she's just dead now because there's no Dragon Balls and there's no Goku and there's, you know, the only solution they have is to call in Zeno and just annihilate the whole timeline. And then take Zeno back in time to be friends with himself which is adorable. Uh, and then Goku just had to be an idiot and remind the Zenos that they wanted to have a tournament because Zeno was like, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, sounds like fun. Let's do it. Well, this is the guy who um, hired someone to kill him just to fight somebody. So, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he, he's the guy who saw, like, Frieza murdered his best friend Krillin and when the end of that fight went down he's like i'm gonna spare you because you're a good challenge and i can't you know it's like it doesn't matter how horrible or threatening anything is if it gives him a good fighting challenge he's going to make the stupid choice to keep that fighting challenge around yeah yeah go (laughs) and like this is the um this is the distinction between like uh, regular series Goku and movie Goku, mm. because in movie Go- movie Goku will just straight up like punch a hole through your chest and murder you, mm. Wh- whereas um, series Goku will spare you even if you are um, space genocide or man. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, no, I I had planned to start off the episode talking. We did, we got questions again. Um, Yay. This time it's from uh, Rena. Uh, Rena. Oh, it, it's one of the Scarlets. Um, has been catching up on episodes and had a few questions. One of them was about Marvel's What If, which we did talk about. It was like episode 193. The yeah. The one about people eating demons because that's the the thing that Supreme Strange did. Um. What if is good and fun and weird, and I really like it, even if some of it is dumb. Mm. Yep, and it's getting a season two at some point. I heard it might have been delayed, because it was going to be this year, but it might not be. Um. All right, Jade, I'll I'll be right back. Okay. I am back. Mm -mm. Yeah, actually, thinking of Disney Plus stuff before I get to these questions. Um... 
Book of Boba Fett, the latest two episodes pretty much don't have Boba Fett in them and also are the best episodes <laughs> of the show. <laughs> Which feels bad to say as someone who likes Boba You know, I read, I mean, I've since deleted the episode, but I, I did read a Boba Fett short story on here once because it was just one of my favorite stories when I was in high school. Um, I don't really stand by that one anymore, but I do stand by uh, the Bounty Hunter Wars trilogy as being good books. But, but yeah, no, the... The first three episodes of the show are about... It, it, it's kind of like 50-50 present day and flashback. The flashbacks are about Boba Fett getting out of the Sarlacc and getting picked up by the Tuscans and earning their trust and becoming part of the tribe. And then the whole tribe get, gets killed. And you, you kind of expect that because they're not around in the present. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and in the present, he, at the end of Mando Season 2, decided to kill Bib Fortuna and take over Jabba's palace. So now he's trying to get everyone in, um, I think it's Mos Espa, to um, respect his authority as the new daimyo. But uh, nobody does, because... Is that, the, is that the name they go with? Yeah. Is that a... Um, old canon thing, or is that uh, something it, they it, just it is, made up? It's the first time I've heard them use the title Daimyo to refer to the crime lord of Tatooine. Okay, that that's just weird because that, that's just like a Japanese warlord from 500 years ago. Yeah, yeah, no, it's you know the whole Star Wars East meets West thing. Um, yeah, but like it, it's not even like the top of the food chain. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like a sh- Shogun would make more sense, but anyway. Yeah, but no, he's he's yeah, he's trying to get people. You know, he's like slowly recruiting people to his gang. One fairly controversial group is these kind of preppy like fifties bikers who the, the they're cyborgs, so they call them mods, but they're based on the literal mods from like the 50s or 60s or whatever you know they've got like their bikes that they have they've been described as space vespas because it's like a very clean scooter looking bike with a whole bunch of mirrors on it that just hovers instead of having wheels um and yeah he like he recruits those guys to be part of his muscle also he's got a couple gamerian pit fighters and a rancor and uh, Black Kersantan, who's a Wookiee bounty hunter from the comics. Um, and yeah, so the first three episodes are mostly about that and how there's like a gang war building up with the Pike Syndicate, who are these guys who showed up in Clone Wars and the Han Solo movie, who, uh, they, like, they're from Kessel, they do spice trading and stuff and they're staking their claim to the territory so anyways so then episode four happens and it's basically mandalorian season three episode one because the whole episode is about din jaren dealing with um like turns out the armorer and the heavy mando guy um aren't dead they've just been undercover since you know, their whole base got wrecked at the end of season one. Right. So he meets up with them 
on uh, kind of a Halo-looking <clears throat> ring world uh, where they have a like, secret base that's on the bottom side of the ring. Um, and helps him set up the base, but then he has... It, it comes out that he has taken his mask off, which he did in Season 2, and because these guys are diehard assholes, they're like, oh, now you gotta go do this ritual thing to go you know, purify yourself of your sin of taking off your mask in front of another person. Um, and... He also gets a little chainmail vest made for Grogu, because he, he wants to go, you know, find Grogu. He ends up going to Tatooine first, and there's just there's a lot of like fun, you know, character stuff. Because like, he also he doesn't his ship got blown up and he hasn't gotten a new ship, so he goes to Tatooine to talk to the um, Amy Sedaris character, who's. Um, yeah, she she gets him a new ship. It, it's is that the mechanic? Yeah, yeah, the mechanic okay. with the droids and stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, he goes back to her and she gets him a new ship, which it's it's a really fun scene where he like she she got him a Naboo starfighter from episode one, but the way they treat you, it's like because at that point in the timeline, the vehicle would be twenty thirty at least 30 or 40 years old so they treat it like it's a junk car that she got him but she insists you know it's like yeah you know, just fix it up it'll be good and they do make it look pretty cool they like redecorate it in chrome and you know give it some like bigger guns and stuff um so he's got a starfighter as his ship now and it's got a little they took out the droid spot and made a pod that is obviously going to hold grogu at some point um but yeah, and then episode five, the one from this week, he goes to the planet where Luke is setting up his academy, and like a good thirty minutes of the episode is like he goes there and is you know told to like Ahsoka's there. She tells him to wait, and then we see like Luke training Grogu for like half the episode, and it's adorable. There's like a part where like they're walking side by side but Grogu is small and can't walk very fast so Luke is just like casually walking and then waving his hand to like force lift Grogu up and then set him back down as they're walking it's it's super cute um, <laughs> and then the, that does sound cute and then the second half of the episode is after you know he, he drops off uh, Din Djarin drops off the chainmail thing and then goes back to Tatooine because he'd agreed to help Boba Fett with his gang war and then that's a fun sentence yeah and then then they show like some other stuff going on because like the the sheriff guy from season two has like a quick draw showdown with cad bane who is you know in from he's from clone wars he's in live action now um that, he's been hired by the that pikes seems... so it seems like it might be an awkward design for live action he looks really scary in live action like oh okay. His like just the way they did like the mouth and the teeth. It looks like the mouth of Sauron, with just how like gross and sharp he looks. Oh, I thought it might look um, like kind of cheesy. No, no, no. They, they did good with it. Um, okay. They, That's what nice. I, I mean, I don't think it's CG. I think it is practical, but they, they put enough like musculature in the mouth, nose, lump thing to you know make it articulate like a face should 
Uh, yeah, that, that's cool because when when I when I heard Cad Bane, I was like, that that's that sounds like it might be kind of awkward on a TV show budget, mm. but if they did it well, that's really cool, actually. Yeah, I mean, like the fingers look kind of silly because Duros have those like you know, soft, lumpy looking fingers, but otherwise they look fine. Like it, yeah, so it who, is a TV budget, but also it's like a seven-episode miniseries, so they condense yeah. the budget a lot. Um, so who else from Clone Wars did they bring in? Uh he for this show, I think he's the only one. Uh, I think I I mentioned the last time I talked about the show that Max Rebo's back. Um, he might have yeah. he might have died again. Because the, the club that he was at gets blown up. So he might have died again. And I might be able to bring back the memes about where were you when Max Rebo died. Sad Max I, Rebo noises. I, I love the idea of like characters who just like perpetually almost die but just somehow don't. Yeah. I, I love that. Uh, well... Maybe not a trope, but um, that trait, I guess. Mm. Yeah, because otherwise, like, like Black Chrysanthemum is from the newer Marvel Star Wars comics post Disney buying them, and otherwise, yeah, a lot of the characters who are from other things who are showing up are um, like ones from like the movies. Like, 8D8, the torture droid, is Boba Fett's, uh, like, secretary. Um, and huh. uh, Danny Trejo gets to show up. He he comes in as a Rancor, like, the new Rancor Keeper is oh, Danny Trejo. That's cool. Um, especially, yeah, because, like, Robert Rodriguez directed at least one, if not multiple episodes of the show, so... I guess they get weird random people to just like mm. <laughs> like special guest direct these um shows, right? Yeah. That's funny. Yep. Um I I can't wait to see how it fits into the Spy Kids Machete Cannon. Mm. Yeah, I, I, does that mean Spy Kids and Machete are happening? Well, I guess like those are set on Earth. So maybe it's the yeah. Earth in the Star Wars galaxy that we just never see. Or it's another galaxy, and after all the machete adventures, Danny Trejo travels to space. Or he, he just gets like frozen in carbonite and ends up crash landing on Earth like mm. a million years later. Yeah, he, he found the Millennium yeah. Falcon from where it crashed on Earth and Indiana Jones investigated it. Yeah, that's. Although that doesn't line, he he must have fallen through a time warp at that point because the timeline doesn't add up. Uh, the timeline never adds up. It's okay. Yeah. No, that, that's what the world between worlds is for. The is that a is that a thing? It's a thing from the <laughs> Rebels cartoon. The they do time travel. Okay. Yeah. They do one instance of time travel, but in doing so, have made time travel exist in Star Wars via a like another, like an astral plane kind of place 
called The World Between Worlds, which is just like a bunch of gateways linked by very perilous bridges that are just everywhere. Um, it's... It, I, I don't know. It, it's one of the things that I like to cite as trivia alongside like um, the planet that the midichlorians come from and the ones on you know, Mortis from season three of Clone Wars is just really bizarre things that are canon in Star Wars. Yeah. Like, I... I don't know. I, I, I shouldn't say bad things because I don't really care. Mm. But, <laughs> like... Like, this is the thing about... Um, like extended cannons, right? Like they always get a little weird with it. Mm. Um, like you, you see the the same things in comics, right? Like where, um, like how there's spider totems that are being hunted by a family of vampires. Yeah, <laughs> an inter interdimensional family of vampires. Yes, that are hunting spiders that are all linked by a cosmic web of totems. Which are the people who have spider powers in the different universes? And then in the same universe somewhere, there's just a duck man fl flying around space. Yep. So yeah. Um. But yeah. So the questions that we got. Um, <laughs> Twenty-five minutes ago. Yep. Yeah. Uh. No, we're going perfectly according to plan. Um. Questions. Yep. Okay, so this is in relation to, uh, I think yeah it was la yeah last time I think was when I talked about Eternals, because um, this is in relation to that kind of. Um, if all humans have a superhero slot in their brains, what powers do you two think you would get? And I had to kind of break this question down because what it's asking is what powers do you think you would get, and not. I mean, actually, wait, was there? I think there was a part two, which is... Or that you would want. Okay, yeah, so there's, there's a distinction there. There's, okay, so theoretically, there's a celestial seed in your brain, and you trip and fall into a vat of radiation that activates the seed and ignites your superhero powers. What do you think you would get, and what would you rather have gotten? I guess, are the questions. Uh... Um, because like the the power that you would actually get in these comics, you, a lot of the times it's feels like a curse for the person who got it, and also it's usually either very fitting or ironic, or you know like a lot of not all. I mean, I guess Peter Parker didn't have anything really spidery about him before he got bitten by a spider, but yeah. um, but there are you know a lot of. There's usually something about the powers that feels connected to the person. Like, I think I might get Hulk Rage, because that's... <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a thing that, like, you know, Bruce Banner, he's, like, quiet and mild, but has anger problems, and I know I, I've had anger problems, so I, I feel like I might get cursed with Hulk Rage, even though I've never really been a big fan of the Hulk. I, I have no, no idea what kind of power I would be, or I, I would get. Mm. I don't know, maybe I'm not introspective enough. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't know. The the power to see anyone's butt. 
Which you don't have already. Oh, um, well, in that case, um, the, I, mm. I, I guess I, the, I, the easier question is the part two. What power would you want to get? Um, if it's not the ironic curse of fate that's given you these powers and you, you actually get to choose. Uh, see, what's, what's one that wouldn't be, like, horrible, um, I mean, if you think about it too much? Like, I, I think I would want shape-shifting. Like, that would be cool. That you can just, yeah. sha- you know, like, full mystique, you know, like, you can generate clothes and everything. I mean, I'm not sure how that works with, like, does that mean that you're, you're not actually wearing clothes and you're just naked and cold all the time. Um, but I, I feel like there must be, you know, like internal heat regulation involved in that. So when you give the appearance of clothes uh, on your body, it also keeps you as warm as those clothes would. Otherwise, I guess you can still dress and just shapeshift under the clothes. But Yeah. Just wear like a <laughs> an overcoat, like a ninja turtle. Yeah. Trench coat. Yeah, and then um, I, I can make myself look like a turtle underneath, or I can look like a person underneath, or I can. I don't know. I'd I'd probably just want telekinesis because I'm lazy. Oh yeah, that'd be that'd be good. <laughs> I just I don't want to walk over to get the remote. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's a hard choice. I I could go for either telekinesis or shapeshifting. Imagine how fast you could type with telekinesis, like. Uh, well, do you need to concentrate on each key as you're pushing it? Well, I, I imagine it, it would be like a skill, right? Like you would uh, mm. eventually just get it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess if you have like the muscle stuff. I was thinking kind of like Star Wars, the force telekinesis of like you could levitate a thing and bring it toward you or away from you. Yeah, the, Star Wars is weird because like it, uh, apparently... Like, they can put together, like, a lightsaber with the Force with, like, great amounts of concentration. Mm. Or they could just, like, push, like, push something really hard. Mm. <laughs> like, almost by instinct. Yeah. Like, the, the way it looks. Yeah, and it's, you know, like, the, the explanation for how the Force works is that it's you know, midichlorians in all living things, and yet they're using the force to levitate and manipulate non-living things all the time that I assume aren't coated in bacteria, but maybe they are. Uh, the force doesn't make sense. Um, I guess the force would have to be, like, literally everywhere, right? I mean, I, I, like, in the air. Yeah, I guess. Because, you know, the, the D&D explanation of magic makes more sense than the Force. Because that one's just the weave, which is that, you know, that there's just like magical energy everywhere. And that spellcasters draw that energy and basically weave it into spells. So, it, it makes more <laughs> sense because there's just, there, every, there is magical energy everywhere. And you can manipulate it if you know how. Yeah, because how would how would Leia um, like 
bring bring herself back into the ship at light speed if there's the spaces a vacuum. I mean, I assume she, she's using creating like a med, you know, force rope to the ship, and can um, I be a force cowboy? Uh, if if you try hard enough, if you believe in yourself oh, and your yeah. powers, then. I want a force lasso. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, you should get a light lasso. No, that's dumb. I want a force lasso so nobody can see it. But, I mean, why, why do you I, need a lasso at that point if you can just reach out and grab a thing? Because it's cool. <laughs> yeah, but, but if you have a light lasso, then everyone else can appreciate how cool it is that you're... Uh, um, but, swinging but a laser lasso cool, around. Then I can't do cool magic tricks with, with my invisible force lasso. Mm, but <laughs> come on, Jade, think of, think of the possibilities. Yeah, but if you have a laser lasso, you can you know slice someone in half by you you like, twirl your laser lasso around and then you fling it and it wraps around someone and then instead of catching them, you just saw them in half. <laughs> like, Why did this have to get violent, Jade? Because uh, I, I just wanted to. Mm. What are they magic tricks? I mean, it sounds like what you need is a green lantern <laughs> ring. Because then you just imagine it into any form you need, and it would actually make sense to make a lasso out of that, as much as anything with a green lantern ring makes sense, because you're just, you know, imagining what you want to do, and then the ring translates that into a shape. I don't. I don't feel like I'm a good enough person for a, a lantern ring. Uh, maybe a yellow lantern ring, or a, <sighs> a blue one. I don't know. I well, here's the thing. I'm not good enough for a green lantern ring, and I'm not bad enough for a yellow lantern ring. Mm. Yeah. What, and, what is blue again? Uh blue is like peace, I think, or maybe hope. Oh, that can't be me. <laughs> uh, are you angry enough for a red lantern ring? No. Um, I mean, or good luck getting an orange one. It's greed, and one guy hoarded all of them, so you're probably never going to get one of those. <laughs> that is a, a hilarious concept. Yeah. And then, uh, I, I don't remember what... Because in, there's indigo and violet. I think violet is love, and indigo, yeah, I, I don't remember. Yeah, I think the the pink or whatever was like love or passion or something. Yeah, but I I don't I don't remember most of them. Yeah, because the other I think indigo one I I remember they have like these cool tribal designs for the characters who wear them, but I don't remember what the emotion associated with it is. Um, you could also get a black lantern ring for zombies and death. Or a white one Gross. because it's the opposite or something. I, I don't remember if they ever. They, they must have said what they all stand for. You know, the, like yeah, I'll I'll be a white mage. Okay. Um, like I don't have any uh, traits specific to life, but mm. <laughs> sure. I mean, I guess a lantern ring would be a pretty good power to get because it is just so flexible in what it can do. Except for the part that you have to keep charging it with one of those batteries and, you know, you got to say a chant and stuff. 
and that would probably get annoying. Yeah, at least the Green Lantern one is pretty cool when said by um, Phil Lamar. Mm. Yeah. Um, and probably nobody else can really pull it off. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember Ryan Reynolds really pulling that one off. I don't remember Ryan Reynolds at all. Mm. <laughs> that, that movie. Um, I don't remember a thing about it, to be honest. I, I remember it being not as bad as everyone said, but... It's kind of you. it's kind of nothing. It's just it's fine. It you know unless you're like a big diehard Green Lantern fan who's going to be disappointed that they're teasing Sinestro for the second one instead of making him the main villain, or that they ruin Parallax by putting it in the first movie without any of the stakes of what made Parallax you know such a yeah, powerful concept. But it, isn't Parallax like a a villain that? was like built up yeah well, yeah because like, or... parallax i think in the comics it was the green lantern snapped and murdered the rest of the green lantern Corps, and then they later explained that away by saying that he was possessed by parallax which is like the incarnation of the yellow fear energy but in the movie they just they made it a big energy blob thing that they have to fight at the end does the scarecrow ever get a yellow ring? Probably. I mean, it, it would make sense. I know Batman got a yellow ring once. I guess that half makes sense. Yeah, he he uses fear as his main fighting tactic. Yeah. Got to imagine if universes collided and Hulk got a red ring. Mm. The entire universe <laughs> would just immediately explode. Yeah, but then how would anyone tell him apart from the Red Hulk? Um, because one is a big, strong guy, and the other one could probably, like, just destroy planets. Because, mm. uh, like, doesn't, um, doesn't a Red Ring, like... I think yeah. Get more powerful as as you get angrier, and Hulk gets more powerful as he gets angrier. Mm. So it okay, so yeah, in it's, it's an infinite combo. You, you right. tap one for mana to untap the other one, and now it's <laughs> it's just infinite damage. How did I know it was going in this direction? Mm. <laughs> no, like it, it's it's true though, right? Like if. If Hulk got a red rig, like, the entire universe would be fucked. I mean, it depends what the writer wants to do, because these are all fictional characters. Well, yeah. Because, I mean, because Hulk is... <laughs> yeah, Hulk is powered by anger, but also his whole thing is trying to fight against that anger and maintain his, like, zen quality. So, yeah, like, the whole crux of the story would be... Like, unless it's a story like Ultimate Avengers, where... You know, Hulk was just the bad guy that they were trying to stop. Um, it would probably be a story about Hulk having to fight against his own, you know, anger loop. Does a does a red ring feed on anger, or does it make you angrier, or both? I because probably it, i I don't know enough about Green Lantern lore to know how it works. Yeah. Because, like, if the Red Ring, like, actively makes you angrier, then, yeah, Hulk would be, like, a universe destroyer at that point, I think. Mm. 
Anyway, this is like deep nerd shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, now I'm remembering there was like a CG animated Green Lantern cartoon at one point, and I remember seeing a couple oh, yeah. episodes and they were all right. And I know Red Lanterns were a thing in that, so maybe that show would have more explanation of yep. stuff. There was a Red Lantern as a main character. Yeah, and I don't know how that works. Like I, I remember the show. I didn't like it very much, but whatever. Mm. I just I remember I, I, I caught bits of episodes while waiting for probably Clone Wars or whatever was on at the time. Yeah, it was a. It kind of reminded me of like the first season of Clone Wars, where the the CG was like, why why do it this way? Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, that kind of cheap look where they try to cover over it by stylizing everything. Yeah. Like, uh, everything... Where Whereas, like, Clone Wars, like, everything kind of looks like wood. Yeah, I mean, um, Clone Wars... Ev- everything... At least had the excuse that they were basing it off Thunderbirds for the look. Like, they, they wanted... Uh, George Lucas, literally, he wanted it to look like the marionettes from the Thunderbirds show from the 80s, whenever that show was from. The, the same show that now inspired I, Team America World Police. I was, I was about to say that. I'm just thinking of Team America World Police. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of the sex scene from <laughs> Team America World Police, which is the only good sex scene in any movie, and nobody can uh, say otherwise. Mm. I mean, they, they can get into positions that human actors just can't. <laughs> Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> um, well, we can get back to the because we did okay. So the question about superpowers you would get and want. Um, the other question is: Is there anyone in the comics you'd like to see in the movies? I'm assuming this is Marvel. I think I mean Marvel was the topic, but if you have other because the answers I put down like from Marvel, um. I wanted Mysterio, and he happened. So that that's the biggest one I ever wanted, and it's already happened. The only thing I want now is for Mysterio to, you know, be part of a Sinister Six team, and that's probably not going to happen. But I'd settle for just Mysterio coming back for any reason. Um, otherwise, I mean, like Silver Surfer, we've gotten him at one point. I'd like to see him done better. Uh, I'm sure it's in the pipeline for Fantastic Four. Um, yeah, and like you know, Moon Knight is happening, so that one's covered. Like Marvel has done so many things, it I really have to like dig deep to find something that they haven't done. Like, like Dark Hawk has a cool look, but the character I mean, I've only read the original, like first run of the original, and it, it was fine. Um, I guess like Gwenpool could be cool if they ever did that, or because um, the other thing I'd written down for non-Marvel stuff was that it'd be cool to see a properly done like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, if only so they can get to Volume Three and uh, the Antichrist Harry Potter killing Alan Quartermain with his laser penis, but. Um, <laughs> that's probably never going to happen and also after I wrote that down literally just like a couple days ago um, Kyle Calgren who does a show called Brows Held High 
he he hasn't done nearly as many episodes lately but i'm on his patreon and he put out like a two hour long breakdown of the league of extraordinary gentlemen series so like that was wasn't you know i I didn't know that was going to happen but yeah if anyone's interested in finding out what happens in the league of extraordinary gentlemen series just look for browse held high um episode he did i yeah he goes through the i whole remember thing. it's like i remember watching the not very good movie and like liking it pretty okay mm. like just just as like a you, you know what it was it was one of those movies that they played on fx a lot mm. um and i would like just watch parts of it um <laughs> And I've, I've probably seen the movie, like, twice over the course of, like, ten years that they would play it on FX. Yeah, I mean, it's a really, like, cheesy 2000s action movie. Yeah. I liked it. I haven't seen it mm. in... Yeah, I mean, the, like, the comic... decade. Yeah, the comics are really, like really nerdy in a lot of ways in just how many references are baked into like every panel of the comic because it is you know an alan moore story so there's just so much detail everywhere and i mean the first two volumes read you know like the story like the story and the characters make sense it's focused enough on the characters that it doesn't get as sprawling as it like after you get out of volume two um the Black Dossier Volume 3 and Volume 4 are all just pretty much incomprehensible for a lot of it. Um, <laughs> you know, like, watching the video actually helped because I, like, I, I read Volume 4 as it came out and I was so confused about everything that was happening in it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, you know, like the, it has that same core concept of doing, like, a Justice League Avengers story but using literary characters in a world where every literary thing that happens happened. Um, so, like, in you know, whatever year, like, Dracula is set, that's when the events of Dracula happened, and the events of Frankenstein, and the events of, like, John Carter of Mars, and, like, like the, the first team they have is Mina Murray, formerly Mina Harker, of Dracula, with the Invisible Man, Alan Quartermain, um, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and Captain Nemo. Um, and, yeah, no, it's, just, like, it, it, it's a cool story. It's, I mean, it, it's Alan Moore, so it's very dense, and it gets really dark at times. But that's, like, yeah. part of what makes it interesting. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. I don't know. Um, so, did you have any comics, Marvel or otherwise, that you want to see on screen? Um, I don't know. Most of the Marvel characters I know are already in in um, hmm. the MCU. Like, I feel like maybe there's some Spider-Man <clears throat> villains. Like Scorpion would be cool. Like they set yeah, him like, up, but I want to see the suit for Scorpion. Yeah, I. I want to see a live-action Scorpion, but also I think he would just be, like, a, a mess of, mm. like, tech armor. Like, yeah. half the villains in the MCU like are. they would do him, like, the PS1 game version. Yeah. 
the the PS2 version, like it was almost like the the '90s cartoon, mm. where it it seemed like a good mix of <clears throat> like yeah, like a lot of it is metal, but it doesn't look like it's just you know like tech armor, mm. like um like another Iron Man suit. Yeah, which um, I I think a, a lot of villains in the MCU kind of just end up looking like that. Um, yeah, I always wanted a story with the chameleon. Oh, because yeah, that'd be cool. it it wouldn't it wouldn't. I I want a Marvel movie that is not just an action movie, right? Mm. Um, because I I think that's what they all boil down to. Um. By the third act. I mean, Eternals was kind of boring. <laughs> if you're looking for less action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, no, I just, like, outside of. Um, what civil war? Like, th- there's not much like intrigue, right? Like mm, they, yeah, like Winter Soldier. They eventually, kind just of. fight. Yeah, yeah, like like really, just Captain America in general, because like he's a he's a punchy dude, um, right? Like he he doesn't get power boosts. He just is a better person, and that gives him powers because he's an anime boy. Yeah, and um, I guess like the Black Widow solo movie, you know, like any of those, you know, grounded hero ones get a little more into the gritty stuff than the ones where it's like superheroes and superpowers and big fights and special effects and stuff. Yeah. But see that that's kind of the weird thing, right? Is like if you do Mysterio, you can't go back and do Chameleon. Mm. Because it it's basically I don't think they could do just chameleon, point. but but I mean because like, the thing with Mysterio is like they made him a friend and then had him had the betrayal, and chameleon yeah. I, I, he's never seemed the type to do something like that. And he would be antagonistic even if he's in disguise. But I yeah. don't think chameleon would be the sole villain of a Spider-Man movie. Like, just the tone of Spider-Man movies isn't as, you know, serious espion. Like, I could see Chameleon being in, like, a Nick Fury show or something as, right. like, the counter-agent to him, but... Yeah, and what, what's weird is that they already did, like, the, the mask and voice modulation thing in um, Winter Soldier. Mm. Yeah, so, so they I mean... have the excuse he could just steal the tech. Yeah, kind of like, um... Oh, uh, Yellow Jacket? Is that the, the Ant-Man? Uh, the one from the first movie? Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. But it's, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I really want to see Jon Stewart in a live-action movie. Oh, yeah. yeah because, be like, cool. I... The, the thing is, though, like, he's kind of boring up front, right? Hmm. Like he really only gets interesting in in the Justice League cartoon after they um, they flesh him out. 
So I don't even know if that would work. Well, I mean, I'd, like, he, I'd like to see it anyway. Yeah, because he, he's a very serious person, but you can make an interesting movie out of that with like dealing with his internal conflicts with like so- someone he's got like a personal relationship who he now has to you know arrest as a green lantern um yeah you know so- some some kind of personal stakes story uh they they could do good character development with that cuz it's like yeah, he, yeah he's a bad. very serious character but he also has like his integrity is one of the things that makes him like compelling Right. Which, I mean, you could also say that about Superman, and they just don't really capture that in at least the newer Superman portrayals in the movies. Yeah, see, that's the thing about wanting a DC movie with a certain character, is that they almost always do it raw. So. Well, at least we have Shazam. They've got, what... Three good movies? Uh, oh, may- maybe go- maybe four. I haven't seen Aquaman. Well, yeah. Now, if we're going post-Dark Knight Rises, um, I would say Shazam is good. Wonder Woman, yeah. the first one, is good. I rewatched 84 uh, like a month ago. It. It's terrible. But the first one, I liked at the time, at least. James Gunn's The Suicide Squad is really good. Right. Um and birds of prey i I think is pretty good yeah like it's not it's a little too much for me to rewatch, but i liked it at the time that's fair yeah it It, it's a good standalone type thing i mean if they took out all the gross stuff with black mask i would enjoy it a lot more Um, yeah that's that's fair it does get a bit much um and aquaman is cheesy and dumb, but it's not trying to be anything more than cheesy or dumb, so your mileage may vary. I can accept that. I think the only big problem Aquaman has is that it's too long. I think it might be like two and a half hours, and it doesn't mm, need to be. Yeah. It's, it's like two and a half hours with like three movies worth of plot crammed into it. Yeah, if you want a movie that's dumb fun, you usually don't want it to be over long. Like, that's the worst thing mm. for it. Yeah, like, it, it's trying to have an epic plot, but also the characters are pretty basic. But, I mean, at least one person in the theater I was at liked it a lot, so... You know, this, it, it's inoffensive, I guess. Yeah... <clears throat> I, I always, I always hope that they'll eventually not make most of their movies bad, mm. but it just never happens. I mean, <laughs> at least not in the past decade. Like the, the ones that have been good have generally been the ones that aren't as tied into trying to connect everything up. Yeah. Um, aside from Wonder Woman eighty four, which is the like outlier. Um, but yeah. Uh, let's see. Cause the other topics that I have are um, I watched the latest episode or latest season of Ruby. I don't really. It, it was like two weeks ago. I've forgotten most of it already. Um, and also I play. Oh shit! I forgot to mention Ghostbusters Afterlife. I did watch that. Um, oh, yeah. I should probably also because I made a note to myself to say it. Um, 
Shack Funk began. Uh, we're we're coming up on episode two hundred, but this month, pro- I think this episode might be as like as close as we're gonna get to a fifth year anniversary for the show, because it started in February of twenty seventeen. So, happy fifth year That's anniversary! Weird. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, happy anniversary to you! I I wasn't on the first episode. Mm, yeah. No. Yeah. The first. You know, a couple of years of it was a lot of jumping around. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. Um, so, yeah. I get, uh, okay, so Ruby Season 8, it's back to being dark and bleak again. Uh, after it seemed like it was turning yeah. around. Uh, they killed Penny again. Ooh. After, you know, going to all the trouble to bring her back <laughs> to life, they, they fucking killed her again. Um, yeah. Also seemingly killed everybody else, but actually didn't. They just... I mean, because everybody fell off a cliff in another dimension into an infinite abyss. So clearly they're not dead. They're all going to turn up somewhere. But Penny got, you know, like, ripped to pieces. So she's she's dead again. Um, well, it's happened once before. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's the only way they know to create drama is we have to bring Penny back and then kill her a couple seasons later. Yeah, Ruby is so weird to me because, like, I I watched like the first season three, like the end of season three is where like the all the really dark shit happens, right? Yeah, it was yeah. Se- seasons one and two were fun. Season three goes dark. Season four stays dark. Season five, I think, also stayed dark. Season six, I think, was okay. Season seven, I don't remember at all. And now season eight, it's dark again. Yeah, because I, I, I watched all of seasons one, two, and three, then I started watching season four, and I was like, okay, this is not, this is not f- fun enough to keep watching, no, and it, it's not interesting it, enough to keep my attention. It, it's all so. depressing character drama. <clears throat> yeah. It, it only gets somewhat fun when they start, like, exploring the lore a bit but otherwise yeah it's just you know a, a apocalypse that's lasted for season upon season it, that's really weird to me because like at least in in red versus blue like they 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 eventually did like real storylines but they always kept it a comedy at like at heart mm. um but it's, it seems like with with Ruby, they just keep flip flopping on what they want it to be. Yeah, it's like, like they're trying to be like a serious anime, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess like a lot of anime does kind of go that route anyway of like starting off as like a silly fun story that then goes dark and just stays there for the next two hundred issues. I can't think of one show that we've talked about where that happens. Mm. Not even one of them. Yeah, I mean, at least Dragon Ball Z is cheesy enough that when it gets dark, it doesn't feel that dark. Yeah, like except for the part where Videl's getting punched for an uncomfortable amount of time. That was that was pretty dark. But yeah, like. 
Dragon Ball gets dark and like a billion people die at once and you don't care because they don't matter. Oh yeah, because the, they, <laughs> I mean, by the time the Majin Buu arc happens, Piccolo is literally just telling people, you know, stop crying about that person who died. We'll bring them back with the Dragon Balls. We gotta focus. Yes. They all know how this goes. Yeah, it's kind of... I mean, by the time Boo came around, they were like, okay, look, we know death means nothing. Mm. <laughs> like, we, like even even if we can't use these Dragon Balls, like we'll just come up with a new set <laughs> that, that is somewhere. Yeah, they'll find them on another use. planet. It'll be or, fine. Yeah. 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 Mm. And also, I mean, like, having now watched, you know, a lot of Dragon Ball, you know, aside from original Dragon Ball, it does seem like like the story, you know, any like story with character development that they wanted to tell was between, you know, like the start of you know Gohan's story at least was the start of Z up through Cell, and then after that it's just like villain of the week. Even in like Super, I I feel like I enjoy Super more as a show, even though I, I can I feel like Z is better written for the most part, but Super just you know as just a very silly like it it gets sillier than Z but still is more serious than or at least I guess better done than GT um, but but su- oh, but like super like the story there there really isn't a story arc to super it's just the thing they're dealing with at the moment. And once that's done, another thing happens, and then they deal with another thing. And there's, you know, like Goku discovering new powers and getting stronger is not a personal arc in any way. You know, nor is, like, Vegeta trying to get stronger. Like, Vegeta, he gets a little bit of character in that, like, it seems like he's discovering that you know, trying to keep up with Goku is just never going to work out, and he should, you know find powers that Goku doesn't have so he can be different from him instead of just constantly, you know, being a step behind him. He can just go a different way. Yeah. But, I mean, aside from that, like, minor bit of character development, there's really no character development. And it's just, it, it like, super feels... Yeah, super It's like superhero comics where it's like, this, you know, thing happens and it's interesting, but it doesn't really, you know develop but that's fine that's not what you're here for you're just here for fun character stuff happening yeah super is almost like a victory lap Mm. like okay we did dragon ball z it's the most popular thing ever like let's just have fun with it at this point even like just you know post cell you know the whole like great say man and the bibbity bobbity boo uh, all all that it just it, it the story's done but yeah. People like the characters and want to see more, so they invent a you know, creative new villain who probably has the same gimmick of stealing people's powers, but it feels creative and new in the way they design them, at least. And then they discover some new powers and fight them, and then a you know, new creative villain shows up. and Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't remember where I'm going with this. Uh, we were talking about Ruby, oh, but right. I, <laughs> I, I, I will, I will just say that, like, yeah, the the best, 
like Dragon Ball Z might as well end itself. Yeah. Um, for all the good that the rest of the show like does for a character. Um, yeah, and that like Ruby started off fun, and it's just been stuck in this like endless apocalypse storyline. It'd be nice if that wrapped up, and then if they wanted to continue, you know, they I don't know, do something different. Like that'd be fine, but it just feels interminable at this point. Yeah, you you see, like they're they're trying to emulate like um, you know, other like long running like shonen. Yeah, anime. was was like Naruto um, ship it in like that? Because I I didn't see it, but what I've heard of it sounds kind of more like that, where it's just escalation of stakes against a you know, big evil threat and. Not I'm, not I'm bouncing not around as with... much as, like Dragon Ball is like clearly just bouncing around everywhere to you know, new threats and new things happening. Yeah, I'm I'm not as familiar with Naruto as a lot of other ones, but uh, I know like like even One Piece like it jumps around from being like this, you know, like charming um whimsical journey and like this like maybe not like super dark but um mm. like this like a, a serious like dramatic with like it's it's a light-hearted story with like serious dramatic um arcs and moments like mm. which which feels good because it like you're like it see i'm trying to explain like you're like you you like the characters and you're having fun with it and then like all of a sudden like some shit goes down and you're hyped for it Mm. and then after that you get a break usually yeah right like i i it feels like ruby's doing the opposite of that where like after season three it just gets dark all the time and you don't care because yeah, it's dark all the time. Yeah, I mean, Ruby kind of feels like the arc that Game of Thrones took, where it's like, it feels like it's trying to build toward an ending, but at the same time padding it out with so much misery that it's mm-hmm. like, okay, when, can, can we just get to the part where you, you know, defeat Salem and stop the bad stuff from happening and... And then you can either end, or uh, if you want to go do something else, that'd be fine too. Just, just end this, you know. Yeah, I don't know, cause yeah, it's like, yeah, it's just it's it's very serious. There's a whole bunch. Of, like, the rough plot of season eight, from what I remember, is that there's the city they were in, I guess, in season seven, which I've completely forgotten. Um. Is the you know the, the city they're in is I don't I think they don't have like power it it's like a city in like like the frozen you know like Weiss's part of the country or world or whatever it, it's it's a very cold town and they don't have power because uh you know you know like wartime apocalypse whatever you know like. They're having to deal with Salem, who's like the embodiment of the Grim, and they're, they're like these corrupting monster things. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the, they're trying to rescue people who are like trapped in this city. Um, 
but they can't evacuate them because General Ironside, Ironwood, Iron, Iron something. Uh, Ironwood is a funny. Yeah, name. <laughs> Gen- General Iron Guy is in um, a th- th- this like all the military and stuff have like this basically floating. It kind of feels like um, Elite Battle Angel. That there's like this big city that's like floating above the the city where all the poor people live um and yeah he's he's trying to think long term how to stop salem and like, gradually just getting darker making like threats to like you know like he threatens to destroy the city if ruby and her friends don't turn themselves over um and like at one point, actually, like he did have his soldiers arm a nuke to blow up the city, and one of the characters uh, dies um, containing the nuke, so they don't blow up the city. Um, what the actual fuck? Yeah, um, and they, you know, they like they have. I think Salem has like a giant toothy monster thing that she's inside a. It's like a giant monster whale i don't know and the, like they have a big fight in there and they blow the thing up but then because of the way salem and the grim works you just put yourself back together and it kind of feels like it was all for nothing um but they, they find a way to evacuate people through this other dimension that feels like that world between worlds that i was mentioning where it's like a bunch of portals and a bunch of bridges that have no railings, and if you fall off, you fall into an infinite abyss of nothingness. Um, but they, they set up a bunch of the bridges and portals and stuff so they can evacuate everyone to another part of the world where they think it'll be safe. But then when they get there, it turns out, uh, actually, there's a giant sandstorm and also swarms of Grimm waiting to murder people, which they, they do. You know, like, they get the survivors through, and then people are just getting snatched up by these giant grim birds and eaten. So, um, oops. Um, and yeah, and Ruby and all her friends are, you know, like, Cinder comes back, because she's also got the the grim thing that makes it so she keeps coming back, even if she gets blown up completely. Um... So she comes back and they have a big fight in there and she murders Penny and kicks everyone else off the bridges and they all fall into the abyss. Um, and, yep. Yeah, uh, I think that's what happened. It was something like that. Um, so, anyway, I wasn't expecting to talk about Ruby that long. I guess we got off onto other tangents. Um... My mic was down, so that wasn't I, recording at okay, all. Okay, I, w- I was wondering about that because like, I couldn't hear you that well. But <laughs> leave that in. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, I want I want people to know that I'm bad at this. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> Lower if, your expectations. The, the, I guess okay. So the computer part of the mic was also down. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, I mean I'm ready to move on to talking about. I guess quickly talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife. It was fine. Um, it's not a comedy. It's more uh, kind of like an eighties style. It, it kind of feels like Goonies, you know. The, like it's about a bunch of kids, and they're all kind of shitty. But then, 
you know, they, they learn to work together and stuff and discover that their grandfather was Egon Spangler and he's built a rig to contain these demons that are living in a pit under this town in Ohio because um, it's a town that was built by the same guy who built the hotel in New York in the original Ghostbusters and I guess after the whole hotel scheme failed he decided to um, try to get Gozer to show up in this town in Ohio instead uh, something something ley lines so um, <laughs> yeah so Egon set up this rig to keep it contained but um, the kids end up accidentally releasing a ghost that was in a trap and that ghost leads to um, new um, should I be saying spoilers before I even talk about it? I, I guess it, it doesn't matter whatever if I feel like if anybody was interested in watching this they've probably already watched it it's a movie that yeah. builds very heavily on having nostalgia for the original movie um like, I like the original movie. I don't have a deep nostalgia for it. So, you know, when the original like, Ecto-1 shows up, I don't get the warm fuzzies. Or, like, seeing a PKE meter. I, sure, it's a PKE meter, whatever. Um, like, the, the movie wants you to have an emotional reaction just to having these old things come back. Including the old actors who are now very old and look very old when they come back. Um, oh yeah, Ghostbusters was 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah, no, Bill Murray looks pretty haggard. Ernie Hudson looks okay. Uh, he, he gets to do cooler stuff in this than he did in the 2016 one. Um, but, yeah, and even like... I forgot that movie existed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, Egon, they, they, they bring Harold Ramis in as a CGI ghost... He doesn't talk, so it doesn't get as, um, uh, what's the, um, Uncanny Valley. There's not as much Uncanny Valley as there is for other digital celebrities. Um, although it is kind of weird, because it's like, it's like they took images of him from other movies and stuff he's did, but then aged him up, so like he looks, he's got like a full beard, and he looks older but still looks like him. Um, but yeah, he, he's there as a ghost to assist his granddaughter, who's the star of the movie, and also the old team who come in like right at the end after Gozer's come out and you know, his granddaughter's going to capture Gozer, but then the plan fails and oh no, and then the original Ghostbusters show up to save the day, but then they all end up getting knocked down and then she does get to actually, you know, defeat the bad guy in her own movie instead of having these old guys show up and do it for her. Um, that sounds but, nice. Yeah, I mean, like the, the movie's fine. Um, if you're very nostalgic for classic Ghostbusters, it plays into that a lot. If you're not, it, it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I... I I mean, I, I think I've said this before, but, like, I I really like Ghostbusters, but I don't see it as, like, a franchise. Like, mm. or it, it shouldn't be one, I should say. 
I feel like the people who see it as a franchise are probably the ones who, as kids, watched the movies and also watched the real Ghostbusters cartoon, which I've never seen. Yeah, that it, it was make sense. it was like before my time for cartoon watching. I think it was maybe late '90s at, or not like early '90s at the latest, which yeah. you know I wasn't really you know I, I was watching like Spider Man and Batman in uh, the mid. 90s i think but yeah it wasn't you know like ninja turtles was still around i don't know if real ghostbusters was still around uh when i was watching cartoons yeah because i i remember seeing it occasionally but i don't like remember anything about it yeah yeah. i I think you're right like i think some of the toys for it might have still been kicking around but yeah Yeah, like it, 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 it's like the most standalone ass movie mm. <laughs> I've, I've ever seen. And then they made one sequel that yeah, they made I, a mediocre sequel that is nostalgic just because it's old. Yeah, yeah, like it's not, it's not bad, but like it's, it's one of those movies that people say is bad when they really just mean it's not that good. Yeah, I mean, um, I think two was fine. It's yeah, it, yeah. It's not. It's not special. It has some memorable which I, stuff. I think the first one is. Uh, like yeah, Vigo. And the guy saying Vigo. Yeah. And all the pink it, slime and the Statue of Liberty walking around, controlled by an NES the, like yeah, arcade pad. The the Nintendo product placement. Yeah. But I mean, it was the '80s. Everything had Nintendo product placement, I guess. Mm. Like the Wizard, that classic yep. movie. <laughs> the classic movie that everyone loves. I, I was gonna say that I haven't seen, but I think I have. I think in college, while I was, I I had a VCR, uh, and you know the Goodwill had like. 50 cent VHS tapes and I think I might have bought The Wizard which means I've probably watched it but I only remember it from the Nostalgic Critic review I think I have seen it once a very long time ago mm. but I I have no memory of actually watching it mm. uh, so you know yeah, I'm sure it was I might as well not exciting have seen it. in nineteen ninety to be told about Super Mario Brothers three, but um Yeah. Yeah, I'm watching the movie now and like sure, yeah. But yeah, I, that old game. Yeah, I'm sure it was exciting at the time, but I played that movie or I, I played that game when I was uh, six years old, so Yeah, and, <laughs> like, and also I don't like, care. it like in in the movie it's the game that they play in this like tournament setting and super mario brothers 3 is not like i guess if you want to speed run it you could treat it as a tournament but it's not a game made for competitive play yeah i think that's basically what the what they were going for was like a oh here's this game nobody's ever played beat it faster than the other guys which is a weird concept but yeah yeah and it's like i guess if they're just trying to beat world one within a certain time limit maybe but 
It's a fairly long game that's not really about the speed with which you can do the levels. So I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's weird. It's it's product. Yeah, that's how speedrunning was born. Yeah. Speedrunning is pointless, but it's also fun. So. Mm. But yeah, like I don't know why you would have a speedrunning tournament. That sounds really weird. Like for a game that hasn't even come out. Yeah, yet. Like a, a game that's just come out and now it's like, okay, kids, uh, let's see who beats all eight worlds of this the fastest. And since you've never played this before, you don't even know about warp whistles or how to yep. optimize your warp whistle use. So uh, let's just wait here for you know however many hours it takes to get through Mario Brothers three. <laughs> yeah like I'm, I'm just imagining everybody's at this tournament and then they're on like hour 8 of Super Mario Brothers mm. 3 and, and then somebody wins and every, like everybody's gone like even the host has left the stage uh, yeah. uh, let's see okay because the only other topic I had is Pokemon Legends Arceus um, which uh, say it the rude out. way, Arceus. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. So this is an Arceus household, so <laughs> we're we're gonna call it Arceus. Um, yeah. So Pokemon Legends Arceus. I hadn't planned to buy it at release, but it came out the day before a big snowstorm. So I thought, eh, I'll I'll buy it. It's fifty bucks. Yeah, I'll I'll, have, I'll play it. Um, it's pretty fun. Um, a little frustrating at times, but I mean, it is it's definitely like it feels like Pokemon, but also like more actiony. Uh, you know, you're like traveling around these like contained open world sections and watching Pokemon. Kind of like the Sword and Shield overworld, where you can see them in their habitats. Right. But unlike the Sword and Shield, you don't run up to them. You, like, you can send your Pokemon out to fight where wherever these ones are standing. Um, and depending on the Pokemon, like some of them, you know, more skittish Pokemon might just immediately run away if you engage them in combat. Um, other ones, you know will be very hard to catch if you don't engage them in combat first. But, hmm. um, yeah, because you, you can sneak up on them and just throw a Pokeball. If you hit them in the back, it's more likely to catch them. There's a few varieties, but they don't have stuff like the Quick Ball. It's, um... There's a Pokeball, eventually you get Great Ball and Ultra Ball. And then there's a Heavy Ball, and, uh... I don't remember the name. I think Wing Ball is the other. The other one, it's like a blue one that's it flies better, huh. and I think it's better for catching flyers. But also, it seems to catch other ones fine. It's just it's really good for throwing. Like I think like the blue one, it it flies better when you throw it. So like that one's good for sniping, which I tend to do a lot. Because otherwise, it, some of the Pokemon, they're just... It's like, you get anywhere near them and suddenly they're just ready to attack you. Like, I didn't yeah. realize Roselias were as aggressive as they are, but if you <laughs> walk past a Roselia, it will start throwing poison and 
needles and stuff at you because they're just aggressive little shits. Yeah, I, I've I've seen videos of uh, all the Snorlax hyperbeams and stuff like mm. that. That, uh, yeah, like which ju- just um, goes to show what everybody's been saying for like twenty years is that the Pokemon universe is scary as hell. Yeah, m- most wild Pokemon want to murder you just for existing. Yep. And then um, we we let ten year olds carry them around and make them fight to get yeah. them more powerful. Yeah, we also got a bit of lore that um, po- all po- every Pokemon has the ability to shrink down really small, which is how they fit into Pokeballs. It's not the Pokeball that's doing it; it's the Pokemon. That's dumb. Yeah, you didn't need that bit of. <laughs> <laughs> this is like trying to explain. It's because what of the midichlorians in the Pokemon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the midichlorians let them shrink down really small and also tell them uh, when a powerful trainer is around who they want to make a good impression on because Pokemon only come out to face you if they want to be captured and trained. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes a lot I, of I, sense. I don't think that was from this game. I think that was like another game had a thing where it's like so that you don't feel bad about just capturing all these wild animals and locking them up that if a pokemon approaches you it's because it sees you as a trainer that it wants to be with okay let's go with that power of friendship and bonds and stuff see that you know what that makes worse is um training on wild pokemon (laughs) it's like you you, you just they taking, want to be your friend if you kick their ass right you take this Pokemon that wants to be your friend <laughs> and then you're, you're like giving them burns and <laughs> knocking them out unconscious like you you knock them unca- unconscious unconscious after you set them on fire and then you just leave well I mean I'm sure when you go back that's probably the same Rattata it just <laughs> ate just a bunch of berries consistent. and recovered it waited until it completely passed out so its burns subsided and then it ate a bunch of berries and now it's back and it still wants to be your friend. Uh, every every Rattata in the game is the same one. Mm. <laughs> it just follows you around. Yeah, well, everyone mm. you don't catch because once you caught one, now another one has to uh, yeah. come in and try it's, to be your friend. It's the spouse of the first one and it just wants to be with its lover but it, it never will be because he, you, you'll you never catch a second Rattata. Yep. What a, what a terrible canon we've uh, established here. Well, that that's Pokemon. Hey Jay, do you want to know something? Um, is it about Pokemon? Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got to the point where I have to fight Claire, and oh. I'm I'm kind of scared <laughs> mm. because that Kangra that Kangra is um, going very... to annihilate your team forever. Uh, oh yeah, um, I think the only wo- the only Pokemon I've got that can come close to matching it is um, Gyarados, Red Bastard, mm. um, and I think a Hyper Beam might. Renamed- what? Rename him to Dead Bastard. No. 
Shut up. He's he's my friend. He has 114 attack. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, level him up as much as you can before you start the fight, because it's the only chance he's got. He's at level 37. The Kingdra is level 40. Yeah, no, you gotta get higher than that. He did learn Twister, level though, 50. which is a, a terrible dragon move, but it is super effective. Hmm. <laughs> I don't even have a strategy because Blizzard is very expensive. Mm. So like and I I, Ice I can't. Beam doesn't have a TM yet in that game. No, apparently like there is a move tutor that is the first move tutor in Pokemon, but you have to mm. beat the Elite Four to use it. Well, that's dumb. And it costs money. Well, yeah. I mean, you you can just beat up some kids and take their money, and now you have money. Yeah, well, after I beat the elite, the elite four once, I can beat them all again just to <laughs> for their lunch money. Mm. <laughs> you're beating up these professional champions for their lunch money. I mean, you just just wait for Joey to call you and brag about his shorts or his rattata or something, and then oh, no, I, to I, go beat his ass. And I kicked Joey to the curb money. a long time ago. Mm. I'm on Pokemaniac Brent now. Okay. He's, he's my baby <laughs> Just go back and beat him up again Get more money I wish I wish my Oh by the way Slowpoke evolved it, it is now a slow bro Oh yeah but you Didn't it, have a king's rock I did but I can't trade Oh okay Um yeah, that's one of the nice things about Legends Arceus, cause, or Arceus, um, yeah. is that um, those trade evolution things, instead you just give the Pokemon the item and it evolves. Or if it's like a Machoke or a Graveler, they have an item called Link Cable, which is just an old school Link Cable, and you give it to them and then they evolve. Nice. So you can evolve all the trade evolutions within the game itself. Oh, yeah. That's like in Pokemon Pinball, where, um... Like, usually, uh, there's there's a little... Like, when you're trying to evolve a Pokemon, there's little, like, XP icons that you have to hit with the ball. Mm. But, um... Like, w- when it's a stone instead, like, it's little fire or, like, electric icons. Mm. Um... But when it's a trade evolution, it's like little link cable icons. Oh. It's like a really nice detail. Mm. Or maybe I'm just rem- misremembering because I haven't played Pokemon Pinball in like 15 years. <laughs> I, I never played... I, I remember it existing, but I never played it. I played it a lot. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I played so much Pokemon Pinball. And you know what? The battery on the Rumble Pack never ever died. Hmm. Like, it might still work for all I know. Yeah, I, I haven't looked at my... For, I, I would assume by now the battery inside my Rumble Pack is corroded. Because I haven't touched it in so long. Yeah, I... I should try it. <laughs> Like, I'm curious now. I want to see how it holds up. Um, Mm. I guess this is a good time to talk about my Pokemon thing that I'm doing. 
Yep. Um, unless you have any other um, stuff you want to say about um, Pokemon Legends. Arceus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess. Like, okay, so like, the usual annoying stuff that you wish you could just skip over the cutscenes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. It. I don't know. This the story's not great. Um. The. You know, it's like, like you beat the game, and then there's a post-game quest to get a bunch of legendaries, which then leads bad, to huh? another like secret <laughs> final boss battle, which is a pain in the ass. Like most of the the trainer battles in this game, the trainers will only have like three or four Pokemon at most. Um, you know, the, they're even up to the final battle before the credits. The, I don't think there's any that have a full team of six. And in the secret final battle, you have to fight a full team of six, and then without healing, um, Giratina shows up, and you have to fight Giratina, not to capture, you have to defeat it. And then after you defeat it, it goes to its alternate form and gets all of its health back. So you're basically, you have to fight like eight level 70 Pokemon in a row. So that last Jesus fight Christ. is rough, but after that, um, catching Giratina wasn't that hard, at least for me. Maybe I just got lucky. It does seem like the catch rate on the balls is better. You're not wasting quite as many, you know, trying to get a thing to stay in the ball, and it just won't. Um, I think your volume's down again. God damn it! I put it down. I, uh, I I went to put it back up, but I I guess I okay. um I, I figured I I'd mention it before you said too much before I put it all the way up. So it was mm. at like it was at like ten okay, percent. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. Well, like I I caught Suicune oh. um yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember you. Yeah. Um, yeah. or was it wasn't the day before. Anyway, um, and yeah, that that thing took like. 30 like 30 grade bombs mm. before it was caught is ridiculous it's like they, yeah, they don't actually like, want you to catch it the catch rates are weird like palkia on original pearl i caught in a regular pokeball because it's like the ultra balls weren't didn't seem to be doing anything and i just threw a pokeball and it worked because uh, it is just like random rolling against a small chance but they make the yeah. chance so small that it feels negligible whether you're using an Ultra Ball or a Pokeball for, like, the legendary ones. Except in... Mm. Yeah, like, especially... Like, in, in the newer games, there's, like, mm. a, a critical capture yeah. thing where I, I I don't think it even matters what kind of ball you use. Yeah, it's just, like, and a like set that, chance of it. Yeah, like, that's like nice because, you know, it saves you the trouble of endlessly throwing balls at a thing because you might just get lucky and catch. Uh, same for... It's nice that they... Ha like, yeah. Arceus doesn't have this, but a lot of the newer games have the thing of... If you have, like, max friendship with a Pokemon and somebody one-shots it, it'll hang on with one health because, quote, it doesn't want you to feel sad. Um. <laughs> You're guilt-tripping your mm. Pokemon into not Yeah, like, I've had, well, like, fights have won <laughs> just because the Pokemon, you know, hung in there. Um, but, but, yeah, so... The, my main complaint with Arceus is that after all that like legendary hunt stuff, um, 
Arceus doesn't actually show up. Uh, the only way to get Arceus is to capture um, all 240 Pokemon in the Pokedex. You, you, like the, the Pokedex is a little weird in the game because you are like it feels more like you're a Pokemon researcher than any game has felt <clears throat> up to now because catching the Pokemon counts toward you know like Pokemon caught shows its picture and stuff in the decks, but to actually complete a an entry for the decks, which gives you points, which gives you higher ranks and stuff. Instead of badges, you're basically getting research points to get your stars, which are your badges. Um, you, you need to, like, capture multiple of each Pokemon, or fight them, and, like, observe them using certain moves. Like, there's different little missions you can do for each Pokemon that'll get you points toward, um, completing their Pokedex entry and once you've gotten like 10 points worth of stuff it counts as completed you don't have to get all everything in it but um, but yeah no in order to see the Pokemon whose name is the title of the game you need to complete your Pokedex at least as far as catching them you don't have to complete complete everything but it's still it's a lot like, I've been playing, like, I think probably it said at least 30 hours. I think it said 32 hours last I checked. Um, and I have captured hmm. 165 of the 240 that I need. Well, no, it, there's 242. Because Shaman and Darkrai you can only get if you have Sword Shield data and... Um, Diamond Pearl remake data. So I got both of them. And that's part of my 165 out of 242. But uh, yeah, that still leaves close to 100 Pokemon that I need to either find and capture. And I've caught most of like the easy to find ones. So now I'm down to like the harder to find ones. I have to find and capture those or evolve the ones I have. Which means just a lot of level grinding. Um, so that's annoying yeah like that sounds fun for me hmm. because I really like catching Pokemon I mean it, it like um, like that was my favorite part about Sword and Shield was like going in the wild area yeah you'll, just you'll probably like this a game bunch. a lot then cause the, because like all the Pokemon are there in the wild and you don't even need to like load up the fight screen to capture them it it just feels more yeah. satisfying that you can just sneak up on a Pokemon, ambush it with a you know, Pokeball to the back, capture it, and you don't have to fight, you don't have to, like, pause and wait and pick moves and stuff. Like, you only do that if, you know, the Pokemon attacks you or, you know, sees you. There's a little indicator marker above them. It'll be green if the Pokemon's, like, asleep, so it's absolutely not going to see you. It's yellow if the Pokemon either hasn't seen you or if it has seen you, it, it's not hostile. And it's like red with an X on it if it is hostile, because at that point it won't go into the ball until it's been engaged in combat. And then once it's engaged in combat, you can sometimes just throw a ball at it without having to attack and it will capture it. Um, but other times, you know, you, I hmm. usually try to get it down to at least half health before throwing pokeballs at it 
And also, there, there is a crafting system, so you don't have to buy your Pokeballs and potions and stuff. You can just make them from plants. This is like apric like, to make a Pokeball, you just need an apricot and a tumblestone. Um, Great Ball, you have to add iron into that, and Ultra Ball adds like more iron. I, I think it uses two iron instead of one for each ball, but... But yeah, you, you can buy your supplies, or you can um, just make them out in the wild and go around and capture stuff and get research points. And, um... Yeah, I I don't I don't know how much I would like um, like basically grinding for things mm. to for pokeballs. Yeah, I mean you can still buy them. You get your money yeah. from your research points mainly, or from selling items. Because you can just collect okay. up a bunch of junk and then sell it. Or when you capture Pokemon, sometimes they have items with them. Okay, that might not... Um, which you do have limited pocket space for, but if you go to a camp, there'll, there'll be a like, box that you can put an infinite amount of supplies into. Mm. I'm, I'm sorry, Jay. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm fighting Kingdra. <laughs> Um, do you want to do a live play-by-play -play of your Kingdra fight? Yeah. Um, so it has yeah. five HP okay. left. Um, it is paralyzed. Um, uh -huh. It just came out of confusion. Throw an ultra ball at it. Um, I'm fighting. I'm. <laughs> I mean, I can, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> um, I'm fighting with uh, Slowbro, lazy, lazy. Has it thrust. killed anyone yet? Um, the Kingdra? No. Um, it did just use Hyper Beam, though, so if that crits, it might. Oh, no, it wouldn't. Okay. I win. I win this. I win. Okay. I use Confusion. It hit. I win. Beat Kingdra oh, with yeah. no deaths. That was... I did not expect... Mm. I did not expect that to go that way. Um, mm. Yeah, fuck Miltank, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess Miltank is the nemesis. I did not... Yeah. Well, like, really, Whitney as a whole, um, because that fucking mm. Clefairy just had to use Aeroblast. Um, yeah, sorry for interrupting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> but, I, I guess, like, aside from being annoyed uh, that Arceus is buried at the end of the game that, you know, most players will never see, um, I like the game. You know, like aside from aside from that, and aside from like that, the last fight just was annoying. But you know, I got through it, so whatever. Yeah, like it. It seems if if anything, they should have switched the um, Arceus and Giratina roles. Mm. I mean, I'd say even like like I haven't found Manaphy yet. I know it's around, but that like Manaphy and Fioni are kind of like the Mew slash Jirachi slash Celebi of you know that generation so that could be the 100% pokemon or even if they want you know if they want something more impressive than that you could just have mew like mew would still exist in you know this ancient timeline so you could have arceus show up in like the actual story parts of the game and um cuz it's dia during the story, you there's an ancient diamond tribe and pearl tribe, and they're both super dumb because 
one of them believes that time is more important than space, and one of them believes that space is more important than time. Um, it's magma and aqua all over again. It's magma and aqua, but they're arguing over space and time. As, Which is somehow even dumb. Yeah, because the, I mean, like, in terms of physics, the the two things are pretty much inseparable. Um, but but they're they're too dumb to realize that that it, it it becomes like a plot point later that space and time are connected, and also uh, these things they've been worshiping are actually Pokemon. Um, they they talk about the because the the region's called Hisui. However, that he's away. However, you pronounce it. H i s u i. He's sweet. Yeah, it'd be like he's sweet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the he's sweet region, which will eventually become the Sinnoh region. But both of these tribes talk about their, you know, god of space or time as the great Sinnoh, which they find out is actually two separate Pokemon, um, which are Dialga and Palkia. So at one point in the story, you have to pick one of the two tribes to help you out after you get excommunicated from the village for stupid reasons. Um, so the one that you pick is the one who you get to capture first, and then the other one is the one that you face in the final battle of, you know, before the first credits roll. So you get um, Dialga and Palkia before the credits. Uh, no Arceus. And then you go off on a quest to capture most of the legendaries, um, which then leads to the Giratina <clears throat> fight, and then Arceus is you know buried away till the end. But how, how many legendaries do they have? Like, it, it, is it all like um, Gen Four? Uh, yeah, um, all, all the Gen Fours are in there, and also the Landorus, Thunderous, Tornadus trio is in there. Okay. Um, that's that's Gen four too, right? I think they were Gen five. Okay, that might be right. But um, I don't. I honestly maybe, don't remember. Actually, may, maybe they are Gen four. May, yeah, because I think five was Keldeo and the the llamas. Because uh, I, I I thought the um I thought the sky gods were in um. Heart Gold and Soul Silver too, which is Gen Four. So yeah, I, 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 think, I think I think they I, are. I, I could be wrong. No, I think I think they might be, and I, yeah, because I think it was Keldeo and that the trio of the. I mean, they call the, them swords, the but they don't have swords. They're just like deer. But I think that was Gen Five. Was those ones? Um. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Um <laughs> me neither. It's all a blur. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean maybe they were cuz cuz every one of these every generation has like a trio of something. And so yeah, the others, you know, Dialga Palka Giratina. Um uh what's his name? The the fire frog guy. Um, um, Regigigas is in there, and he's on my team because he's the only Reggie I can get. But that's okay. Nice. Um. Oh wait, no. Yeah, because the trio is um the three psychics. Um, 
Uxi, Azelf, and Manaphy. Oh, the ones that all look the same. Yeah, they're all psychics, and they all do basically the same moveset. Um, yeah, no, yeah, because that was that was the trio, and that so the the three sky gods they could be Gen Four. I I don't know. Um, but yeah, I I I could as easily be wrong as right, and I. I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like they're Gen 5, and I, I think they're Gen 5 because when 3DS first launched, there was a Pokedex 3D, which was only Pokemon from black and white, because that was the new one. And I feel like those guys were in that. But, yeah, and now I can't remember if Keldeo was Gen 5 or Gen 6. Six was because um, I remember like X and Y, right? Yeah, six. Yeah, it was X, Y, and then Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. And I remember the bonus ones yeah. from Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire were um, the Pink Diamond one, and Hoopa and Volcanian. Who I don't even know why they bothered with Volcanian. Yeah, it's just that they just um, have to make up new legendaries, and sometimes they don't matter. <laughs> Hoopa came and went and nobody cared Yeah I mean at least uh, like, Hoopa feels like There's a point to it but Volcanian is just We made a fire water type That's it <laughs> It's got a big ring on its back Yeah Yeah, that, like that, a, a lot the of the Like every Every legendary that isn't Like tied to the story Or mentioned in any way And they just released after the, after the fact Is like I don't know who cares. Yeah, I mean, because the, there's like the trios and the groups, like the duos and stuff. Those ones feel like they have a point, and um, and then there's always one that's like the Mew, that's like the cute small thing that's mysterious. Um, yeah, but but yeah, no, like I feel like, like they, they should have put Arceus in as one that you can just get in the main story slash post game and then if they wanted like a secret prize for 100% have that either be Mew or like a time traveling Mewtwo um, or something huh. like that would be cool enough to make it you know motivate you to get 100% but also not feel like they're locking the character whose name is in the title behind having to 100% the game which is just a pain in the ass. Like I'm, I'm 32 hours in, and now it's like, okay, I got another, what, 80 Pokemon that I have to track down, and I don't know how long that's like. Is this supposed to be a? I guess it's a JRPG. Of course, it's going to be a 60-hour game, but I'd rather <laughs> it not be. Yeah, I, I understand how you feel on that one. Because <laughs> they, uh, I don't like most JRPGs. Anyway, mm. um, yeah, and yeah, like I, I don't, I don't know why they call it, be, because they, they pretty much never do that. Like they, they never name a game after a Pokemon and then, um, and then have it be that far out, right? Like it, like usually when there's a mascot Pokemon, it's like either part of the story or like you, you catch it, yeah, like right in the post game. 
Yeah, because it's like the story is that you are a trainer who's been pulled from the present into the past by Arceus for some reason. I don't know if a reason was ever given, but there's like a time rift and you got flung through the time rift into the past and now you just... I mean, like there was some talk earlier in the game about trying to get you back to your time, but... I guess everybody just forgot about that, because, um, <laughs> yeah, because, like, you, you go around fighting these big, like, they, I think they call them, like, noble Pokemon, it's some of the Hisuian forms of other Pokemon, um, you have to, like, do these, like, it's fights, but it's not, like, your Pokemon fighting, it's, like, you have to run around throwing these, like, magic bags of the Pokemon's favorite food at it enough to knock down its meter <laughs> to subdue it while dodging the attacks it's throwing at you. Um, so it's like a puzzle boss, kind of? Yeah, it's it, it's almost like a shooter fight, because you're just like throwing these things at it while dodging out of the way of it trying to shoot at you. It's like a small shooter arena. Weird. Um. Yeah. <laughs> for for a Pokemon game anyway. Yeah. No. You, you have to. You beat these things, and that releases the energy that they got from being shot by lightning bolts from the time rift, and that energy goes back into the rift. But then, oh no! It turns out, uh, putting all that energy back in there didn't fix the rift, and so they kick you out of the village because they say, "Oh, this is your fault. You did exactly what we told you to do," and now look what happened. <laughs> Um, so that's when you have to go to the Diamond or Pearl Clan and get their help and go travel around doing little fetch quests and stuff until you can go up to... Well, you, you do fetch quests and stuff and talk to the three psychic guys in the lakes uh, to get the red chain to trap either Palkia or Dialga, whichever one you've chosen to have come out of the rift first. Um... And then you go there and, you know, catch the thing. And then find out, oh no, there's a second one, what are we going to do? And then you, I don't even remember, you do you do a bunch of quests and stuff, and you find the thing that you need to confront the other of the Palkia and Dialga. And you have a fight where you run around and you throw bags at it until it's subdued. Um, and then, then you're just still there, and I, I think... The rift seals up, but Giratina maybe opened a new rift or something for Giratina to come out of. It's a Pokemon yeah, story. This... It doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah, like there's no beginning, middle, and end. It's just things happen. Yeah. Um, and you fight Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because after you beat Giratina, your flute that you... You can, like, there are Pokemon that you can call to help you uh, that are the the ones that you, you know, throw the bags at and uh, make them nicer or whatever. They will help you in the overworld. There's, like, um, a deer that you can ride around on, a bear that will sniff out treasure, and uh, um, eventually you get a bird that can fly. But the flute that you use to call those guys... Uh, morphs into this like special flute that you can use to summon Arceus except if you try to do that 
um, it'll say, oh, Arceus didn't show. You, you, and you get a message that says you need to, you know, um, cat, you need to meet all the Pokemon in the world first, which means catching every Pokemon in the world before Arceus will show up. Um, also, for some reason, your modern-day smartphone comes with you into the past, but it morphs into an Arceus-shaped smartphone. And that's how Arceus what? sends messages to fuck? you, is through your arc phone. <laughs> Just God talking to you through your smartphone. Yeah, and, and that's why you're the legendary chosen one who can you know save the world and fix things and stuff. It's because you have an Arceus phone that uh, God will send messages to you through. Which is used to. There's a few points in the story where trainer character, you just hold up your phone to uh, like a barrier or something, and it dispels it. Uh, that sounds dumb. Mm. <laughs> uh. Oh hey, um. Wait, what was I going to say? Sorry. Something with the <laughs> Pokemon game that you're playing now? Oh, yeah. I froze a Dratini. Mm. Um, Did you capture it after, or is it just frozen forever? Oh, no. It was a trainer battle. Oh, okay. Um, it's two twins with two Dratinis in the Dragon Cave, um, and I used Tri-Attack, mm. and it froze, which I think is a very low, low chance. Mm. Um. Yeah. See, I I think I might play um, Arceus before uh, before I'm supposed to. Like, I might wait until like after I play Gen Gen Four, mm. just to like fit in with it. But uh, yeah, I kind of really want to play it because I want to see how it is. Mm. It's like I was always kind of curious about it, but I always kind of just assumed that it would be bad. <laughs> so now that some people are saying it's good, I want to try it. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's different from the other games, but it plays well for the game. It is. Apparently, it's going to get DLC that's going to add even more Pokemon, and I don't know. I guess it depends which Pokemon they add. Whether I would care to play that or not, or. I guess if enough time has passed, maybe I would feel like like it'd be fun to get back into the game, but I know how that goes with DLC. Like, once I finish a game, I don't really want to go back, even though... You know, I'll, I'll go back, I'll quickly play through the DLC, and then I'll resume whatever I was doing in the present. Yeah. I, like, I, I never went and finished the DLC for Sword and Shield, mm. and, um... I, I really like that game, so... Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I'll do it later this year, whenever that'll be, like, I don't know, probably June, I guess, mm. at the rate I'm going. Yeah. Oh, Jade, I just caught a Dratini. What do you want to name it? Um... Teeny Tiny? Uh, I, <laughs> I can call it, um... Well, let's see... What works for Dratini and Dragonite? I could call it Tiny. Mm. Let's see, with an I or a Y? 
Because uh, Trichini's with an I. I, I it's mean, a girl. Like, I guess probably with a Y, just because if it's T-I-N-I, it looks like... Well, I mean, I guess that does look like teeny. It looks like teeny or tiny. It could be pronounced either way. Yeah. How about tiny with an I-E? Uh, that sounds weird. Yeah. Alright, T-I-N-I. Okay. I should name it Titty. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. It's tiny. Mm. <laughs> um, Alright, I guess I could talk about my Crystal Nuzlocke and how that's going, even though I kind of just gave you a spoiler. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and we're up to almost two hours, so... Yeah, I'll just go through it because it, it's, it's a lot more interesting than... Um, the the gen one nuzlocke mm. because like I, I they they actually designed like all the encounters around the new mechanics um like random random pokemon and gen pokemon will actually have moves that aren't just level up moves mm. um so that's a good start um And yeah, it's it's definitely a lot more interesting, but it's still kind of basic. Um, like, there's no... Like, I, I think when, once it gets to Gen 3 with abilities and stuff, it'll be harder. Mm. But, like, it's still pretty easy. Like, I still only lost, what, six Pokemon so far? Mm. Um... And half of those are from Miltank. Yeah. Let me look in my death box. Um, Because I I know... Okay, I lost five. So I I remember where I lost um, Slicko Dicko, who is a pseudo Wudo. Yep. Let's see. Yeah, I lost. Uh, <laughs> I lost all of Walker, Texas, and Ranger. Yep. <laughs> Who? Oh, and Bell Slut. That's right. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I I lost um, Walker, Ranger, and Bell Slut to Whitney. Um, and then I lost Texas to Morty, the the ghost gem leader, and then I lost Slicko Dicko to the guy who's obsessed with Sweet Queen. Mm. Or. Uh, however it's pronounced the whatever you sign um something that yeah like i guess it's you sign i don't i don't know what i don't know what language that's supposed to be so mm. um so yeah it's going good i haven't lost a pokemon after like four gems so i think i'm doing all right mm. Um, it's a lot more fun than Gen 1. Like, I, obviously, like, I really like, uh, Gen 2 in general. Um. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm having a lot more fun with it, even though I have a lot less time to actually do it. Mm. Um. Because of life things. But anyway. Mm. Yeah, it's fun. Yep. I don't. I don't 
no faith in anything else to say about it. Go, like, look at my dumb jokes in the the thread. That's it. Yep. Can you? T- I I kind of got tired halfway through. Mm. <laughs> halfway through talking about it. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just waiting for you to get to Hoenn, but I know there's a whole second region to Gen Two, so it's gonna be at least a month. Yeah, I'm. I'm probably like two thirds of the way there. After well, I, I'm I'm over halfway through Gen One because the mm. the whole uh, Kanto region is a lot less um, detailed. Mm. So, yeah, like, I should be able to breeze through most of it. Yeah, and um, Claire, it's the last one before the League, right? Yeah. Like, there's there's one rival battle um, in Victory Road um, before you fight the Elite Four, and that's the only other, like, challenging battle left mm. before them. And then you have... All the gym leaders in Kanto, which should be pushovers, because mm. like they're at that point the levels are really inconsistent. <laughs> like I, like with it, unless a lot of my team dies to the elite four, which I hope doesn't happen. Mm. Um, like I should be able to just sweep through all of them until it gets to blue, which is a little more complicated. Mm. Um, and then red. Which I will be like twenty levels uh, <laughs> um, under leveled for red. Okay, so, so you're gonna go. So, you're not just gonna stop with the league. You're gonna go up Mount Silver. Yeah, because like if you stop at the league, there's really no closure. <laughs> like you, you beat Blue, who is. I mean, it it it's a fight you can definitely lose, but it's not like some kind of super challenge, mm. like a you know a champion fight or red. So, so Gen Two might end try with it. you just dying on a mountain in front of Red. <laughs> yeah, the end. <laughs> yeah, it it very well could. Um, and it and in all honesty, it probably will. Unless I go like super try hard and just uh, level them all up, or like come up with some stupid no fun strategy, like um, like like poison tanking or something. Mm. No, it's it's more dramatic if you just die in the snow at the end of this adventure. Yeah, <laughs> like he beats me, and like I can't move, and then he he just has um, blastoise hail or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's going well. Like I'm surprised I haven't had any more deaths. Mm. Well, yeah, I'm surprised um, Claire but... didn't cause more. Yeah, it definitely could have, but, uh, so what what happened was I used, uh, Bullshit the Tauros, um, he two-shotted all three Dragonair, um, with strength, because Tor- I, I didn't realize just how powerful Tauroses were, mm. but, um, yeah, they're, they're actually really good, so, I guess I'm lucky to, to have one. Um, but yeah, that got me through all the Dragonair pretty easy. And then the 
Kingdra came out, and I I switched into Red Bastard, the Gyarados, and used Twister a little just to get its health down. And then when it got in, like, scary hyper beam range, I switched into uh, Maggie, the Magneton, and I paralyzed it. And then switched into Lazy Thrust, the Slowbro, and finished it off with Confusion, because I don't have Psychic yet. Mm. So yeah, I I guess I got lucky that it didn't crit, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say that's really lucky. I would say that's just like average luck. Mm. So yeah, it went well. That was the scariest thing in this entire game, aside from Red. Mm. So. Well, actually, Lance, uh, Lance is gonna be trouble because he has three Dragonites, and I do, I still do not have an ice move. Mm. But you do have Twister. Yeah, it's like, it's it's really weak. I kind of just used it to have something mm. to put on Gyarados. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I get. Dragon Breath, that's that's kind of weak too. Mm. Anyway, I'll figure it out. I will not die to Lance. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, no, you got to make it to the champion before dying. Lance is the champion. Oh, okay. I couldn't remember. Yeah, it's it's Will the Psychic. I know um, Karen's there because they need a dark po- the poison rep since type. dark was the new. Okay. What? Oh, yeah, wait, it's Will Psychic, Koga Poison, Bruno Fighting, um, Karen Dark, and Lance the Champion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because he, he's, he's champion because Red retired. Mm. <laughs> To go beat up other superpowered mute children on a mountain. Yeah. Now he's got to go up and yeah. meditate the monster so- he's become. <laughs> um, to isolate to protect people from how scary strong he is. There is a Pokemon ROM hack that... Um, where like red like the <laughs> red is like some kind of super villain mm. like j- just like wordlessly like wreaking havoc across the the land <laughs> with his um super training mm. or his, like his super powered pokemon team like without ever saying anything it, like it, it is actually kind of creepy when you think about it mm. right <laughs> yeah red and blue is the super villain origin story yeah and they they go through the whole like um, fan theory about how he kills Blue's Raticate. <laughs> and so the Rockets are begging for Giovanni to come back to save them from Red. Something. <laughs> that would be funny if that was the actual plot point and like they didn't take over the radio tower just to beg Giovanni to be back because they love him too much or something or whatever. No, uh, it's because they knew he's yeah. he's the only person who genetically engineered a powerful Pokemon, and they need yeah. to do it again to stop Red. 
Okay, so in the anime, like, like why why is there a psychic type po- Pokemon in the ground gym? Um, I like, don't remember. Did nobody ever? Did nobody ever put that together? <laughs> like, like there's there's just a super powered Mewtwo in the oh, ground gym, right, yeah. and nobody. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, hmm. I mean, yeah, like his his team was always kind of weird. It wasn't so weird that he had a psychic there, but um, well, they they are like well, except for Kangaskhan and Persian, they are all ground type. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, like the anime leaned Got, like, harder into the Persian thing because you know the villain with a cat, but yeah, he they, like they wanted him to be like a Bond villain, yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe the Persian and was also, the real I guess, mastermind. I, I think they wanted like a conflict with Meowth mm. um, because cute cat, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Meowth feels insecure looking at that Persian. Yeah. Somehow Meowth feels insecure, even though he's one of. Like five Pokemon that exist that can talk. Mm. <laughs> it, like he could be world famous if he, if he wanted to. But instead he hangs around uh, two losers. Yeah. No, he, he, he could be world famous, but he wants to turn people into dinosaurs. <sighs> we should watch the Pokemon anime <laughs> at some point. Mm. I mean, like, I know it's not, I know it's not that good, but. And there's just so much fun. of it. Yeah, I think I think the original, like, ba- like basically the generation one is like fifty something episodes. Um, mm. and then after that, it kind of balloons out of control. I think. So like that's a lot, but it, it is doable. I mean, I kind of want to um, watch the um, band episodes. Porygon and the one oh, yeah. where Ash gets a gun pointed in his face. <laughs> uh, Pokemon had no chill. Mm. Yeah, it did make oh, it really weird the... when, you know, it's like they said they were going to the Safari Zone and then they came back from the Safari Zone and suddenly Ash has a bunch of Tauros. And <laughs> where the fuck did these come from? <laughs> He 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 should use Tauros. It's pretty good. <laughs> no, then then you yeah, might actually like, win, and he's not allowed right, to do that right. for the next it, it, twenty years. Yeah, it took him twenty five years to win a tournament. Yep. What was it? Was it um, Sun and Moon where he finally won, or, or was yeah, it the I think most so. recent one? I think it was Sun and Moon. I guess the new art style yeah. helped him out. You know, being drawn differently made him able to actually win a Pokemon League for once. Yeah. You know what, Jade? You don't have to watch the Pokemon anime if you want. I think I, w- I will. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going all in on Pokemon mm. this year, I guess. Yeah, you can file your book report on it. Like If, um, if, I, if I feel like it's yeah, not worth cause... my time, like I'll, I'll stop, but... I I um I'll hmm. I'll start watching it because I mean like 
at the end of the day, it is a kid show, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I might get bored of it mm. pretty quick. Yeah, we'll I mean, I, I liked the show as a kid, but just looking back at it, I feel like I'd probably get tired of it pretty quick now, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I... I feel like if you're watching it like one episode a day, uh, like they want you to, then it, it'll it would be cool. But like if if I'm gonna like marathon it <laughs> at all, it will mm. probably get old very quick. Mm. Uh, all right. And anyway, did you have anything else you want to talk about? Because we're kind of getting old. Yeah, no, yeah, we're definitely past time. The only other thing is I finally, after like a year of being unplugged, plugged my Xbox back in, let it do its system update, <clears throat> uh, realized that I don't have to deal with the bullshit of Halo Master Chief Collection having a, I think it said it was like 113 gigabytes is how big of an update it wants. And unlike Jesus the PC Christ. version, it won't let me pick game by game. It wants to do it all at once. And last time I did that, it crashed my router. So I realized I don't have to do that because I have all the games on 360 and I can just install them as those versions. So I installed uh, Halo 1 Anniversary Edition and played some of that. And then finally installed the Guardians of the Galaxy game that I bought way back at Black Friday. How was the and file size that big? I or, wait, was because that because three four three just really sucks at optimizing their files. I guess because yeah. yeah, I I can only imagine it's got to be something with like the multiplayer or the menus because the games like the only one that they've updated that I know of from its three sixty version is Halo Two, which they. You did the anniversary treatment, so they increased all the graphics resolution and stuff. But the others, I think, are all their 360s versions, which aren't that big. I think it was maybe... Yeah, I mean, altogether, eight, those would probably be like, like... 10 to 20 gigs for the first one? Yeah. For, the, for like, the entire like, game, uh, like, not just, you know... Like, like, this is just update data on top of the game that I inst- there was like 50 gigs that I installed off the disc and then it wants another 100 something gigs to update it yeah that's pretty gross to be honest <laughs> yeah and yeah like, like I is, mean I six I games tried... now because they put ODST and reach in there too but still it's it's insane yeah like when I was uh, downloading spider-man I don't know, about a half year ago or whenever that was. Mm. That was like 57 gigs. Mm. Yeah, and that's like... like, like, Sure, the Halo games have a lot of textures and a fair... Like, they're not that long, really, as far as the games go. You know, it doesn't seem like they should be as big as the files are. Yeah, a lot of modern games are just not optimized correctly. So, they... Yeah. Like, they make you do more work on your end. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. But or, then, yeah, like so your, I also installed Guardians of the Galaxy. I, end, I should say. 
Uh, we're, yeah. we're starting to no, cut I, out. I played the first two... Okay. I guess I'll just say quickly, I, I installed Guardians of the Galaxy. I played the first two chapters. It's really fun. The characters are nice. It does feel a bit on rails, but it's kind of like an Uncharted game, I guess. Where it's just like a bunch of action set pieces, and it's pretty linear, but the characters are fun. And you get some dialogue choices here and there. So... Yeah, you know, I'm enjoying it. I just gotta find time to play the rest of it. Uh, that's it. Yeah, I caught um, bits and pieces of that. <laughs> yeah. Now we should we should yeah, close out. We're, your, we're breaking up pretty bad telling now. You it's time to. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anything else to say before <laughs> we close? Um. Stay funky. <laughs> No, I don't. Yeah, that works. That's the worst way to end a podcast. <laughs>